Welcome back to the Data-Driven Real Estate Podcast, the podcast for real estate professionals dedicated to driving business using data. I'm Aaron Norris, along with Sean O'Toole with Property Radar. And today in episode 30, we have Andy Detweiler with Go Big Printing and Print Genie. The direct mail game has completely changed over the last decade. In this week's show, we talk about trends in the direct mail space, including your minimum return rate you should be looking for, what's more important, your list or your message, and most importantly, how dynamic data and one-off printing completely changes the marketing game. That and much more, don't miss this week. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. So nice to have you. Um, direct mail and technology don't always seem to go hand in hand, so I've been very excited about this show for a while. Um, what is your most, what does the best customer look like for you? Uh, the best customer, I think, that has a forward-thinking um, ideology on how to communicate with people. I think the best customer, independent of the market they're in or the type of vertical they're in, has to know that you know the certain uh, basic elementary idea idea um, ideas behind um, static mail isn't so successful. But to know that if you do things in a multiple or sequential, or you start to better understand. Um, the idea behind touching people many times, I think that's the type of customer and client that I think is the ideal client. The one that says, oh yeah, oh, we can do that. I didn't know that's available. Is that something that's available today? I didn't know that. And that's the ideal client. Um, of course, it's the ideal client that comes in and says, this is specifically what we want. Like, uh, like the client yesterday knows exactly what he wants to do, but he doesn't know how to get there. He didn't know what uh, data tools are available. He doesn't know what automation functions are available. Um, his ask was his ask at the beginning of this year is give me quotes on 125, 250, and 500,000 um, direct mailers letters. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great, okay, that we can do. But then what? Right? What's your plan? Is it just to, you know, to do that one hit wonder and and hope that it works? And obviously those types, that's my, my favorite client is the one that's receptive to, you know, to technology, um, to automation. So, and it doesn't have to be real estate. I mean, we work with agents, we work with investors. Um, you know, maybe 18, 18 years ago, we started working with small businesses. That's how we kind of got started. And um, a lot of it was through the uh, Dan Kennedy guys and Joe Polish. And these guys are marketers. They're good at it. And their communication tools um, are so necessary in the environment and people don't get it and they don't do that. They don't follow those philosophies of authentic relationship building. You know, they're, you know, people come at it with hope marketing and one hit wonders. Um, <laughs> I like that hope marketing. <laughs> it is. And, um, you know, and so we're at the, we're at the, you know, the, the first level of defense when people come in and say, you know, uh, you know, what's your, your best marketing piece. And it's like, you know, there's a side of me that has to have that empathy for, but you got to understand me too, my empathy and compassion for assisting someone who's trying to make a life out of whatever they're doing and my compassion to assist them with my knowledge, right? So um, when they ask that question, it's like, there's a part of me that says, oh my God, you know, and then it's at the other side, it's like, well, they don't know. And most people don't. And it's like any... 
and I actually, I did this um, co uh, conversation yesterday with someone and he spoke a lot about the 80-20 rule and firing yourself. And um, just, he's a, he's a uh, not necessarily on coaching in the environment of real estate or investor or agent or small business, but just in general, as a business sense, as a CEO um, or as an entrepreneurial person, you know, how you get yourself out of the way. Um, he calls it like the fire yourself challenge because you're just consumed with so many things. So when, you know, when someone asks what's your most, you know, favorite piece or what's your most successful piece, it's like, that just opens up a, you know, a, a, a lot of opportunity to have a conversation. Um, we so all know everybody, everybody wants the easy button, right? They want to come in, they want to spend a hundred dollars on a 200 piece mailing and buy a house with a hundred thousand dollars of profit or get a listing or get five listings, right? You know, they think one 200 piece mailing, you know, they spend 50 cents a piece or whatever, and it's a hundred dollars. That's, that's a big thing. And it's, it's not close. So walk us through, right? Set, set everybody's realistic expectations on, you know, using direct mail. What is kind of, you know, reasonable response pit rates. How many pieces do you need to send to the same person? Like, big picture. What what is what does that look like today? Sure. Um, I and just just to be fair and transparent, and I can't be anything other than that. I am what I am. You know, <laughs> you you get to this stage or otherwise, and you are what you are. Right. No matter how you paint it. Um, I've discovered that in the in the two decades that we've been doing this, in the half a billion pieces of mail. We, we found that people don't generally come back to us as we're not an agency. They don't come back to us and say, this worked, this didn't. They do if it, they complain about it, but they do right. come to us and complain, but they go to, a lot of people come in through us through coaching companies, right? So they're learning from someone else that's telling them what and how to do things. And they come in through us and then that sets up the expectation, right? So we, we define ourselves not as an agency level product. We're a DIY tool. That we, that's what we've always done. Um, but we are there to assist and then to pass on the knowledge that we've learned across, you know, these, you know, a lot of mail. Um, and so what I've done is in conversation with, with coaches and pros and consultants, you learn a lot. Um, and I, I try to paint this picture for those people that I, I do have conversation with. And if I do some coaching, it's not to coach as far as other than passing on my knowledge of what I've learned, but you're not paying me for coaching. That's not what we do. Um, but if I were to paint that vision board for people that were looking at direct mail as a, as a tool for communication and marketing, um, I would set the expectation that there's no one hit wonder. Generally speaking, at the end of the year, never mind pieces and count, things like that, you're going to spend roughly 30, 35% on your marketing. That's what it's going to cost you at the end. So back to uh, the conversation 35% about- 35% of your total revenue. 35% of your total revenue is going to be spent on marketing. And the numbers, it's changed. So I'm, I'm going to start at a, at, a, at a big, you know, at a 10,000 foot mark, and then I can bring it back into a guy who just wants to do direct mail. So at the 10,000 foot mark, through conversations with coaches and consultants and people that make a living where people do call them back and say the response rates because um, they don't call go big or, or print genie or otherwise to say this worked and this is how many. And then we don't track it and say, well, then this guy did the same card here. We don't do that. But in the, in the years of doing this, what we'll find is that 35% of their, their grosses or their uh, dollars are spent on marketing. You can summarize it as in a, more of a granular level that if I send out a thousand, you know, pieces of mail, 
postcards or other letters or otherwise. I'm going to hopefully get around that 1%. That's what your goal is, that 1%. So if you kind of use that as your, your you know, stake in the ground. Now, I'll tell you the variance on that too, but but just 10 use calls. That 10 What's calls that? on 1,000 pieces. That's what you 1%. do. Yeah. There you go. So then you can do the basic, you know, you create your your uh, your vision board of success and opportunity as a new entrepreneurial kind of guy. And remember, we see a lot of new investors and and yeah, otherwise and seasoned people and they know better. But but if you do your thousand postcards, you get that, like you said, 10, 12, 14 calls. Now remember, of the 10 or 10 calls or eight to 12 calls or otherwise, there's probably five or six that just are saying, you know, in a fast action, what do you get, you know, in the investor space, what do you give me from my house? And there's no, there's no feel good moment. It's a quick call. It's cold and callous. There's not that, you know, that connection, that authentic relationship. It's just a quick thing. So that's, that's going to wipe out just, you know, six people right there. But then after all that and the hits and misses and the conversations, you're going to get to the two or three. And so if you get that two or three out of a thousand that are like, wait a second, I've got something going on here. Now you can start to go and look at your numbers. And then what will happen is after you, and you should send another thousand, it could go to the same people because a different percentage is going to open. And then because of time and circumstances, a different set of those people will open, right? And then whatever, at the end of that day, you're going to get another 10, 12 calls. And of those two or three, maybe that are serious. And so now you end up with this, you know, you do that the third time, you're at 3,000 postcards, you're at maybe 30 calls, you've honed in on your conversation, and you're left with like a pool of six, you know, golden tickets, right? So of these six in your hand, what can you do to them to retain them, to can continue the conversation with them, you know, to sell something, to flip something. And in our space, primarily it's a flip. And if you look at the average, it's somewhere eight grand or something on a flip or something in, in, in on an average, a national average. And you go, okay, cool. I spent what, 1500 bucks on 3000 postcards. I, you know, I did do a deal. I did whatever you're doing in the investor space. I did make my seven to 8,000 bucks. And so you start to think of it. Okay that in a long-winded fashion will allow you to understand you know the the vision board that we try to set up for you so now then you get on the variance of the one right then you can break down to well why wasn't it one and a half why was it yesterday this guy he did 15,000 letters he was telling me they had 0.03 so a third of a percent right and so then that led us to other conversations which was okay let's take a look at your audience. Was it, you know, in the investor space, was it high equity absentee owners or what was their distressed level? Was there anything in there that would have been that, that that would increase the response mechanism of that person receiving that thing that they got in the mail? Right. And so was it 1% you want to start looking at other factors? Like you're, you're making a mistake in your, in your execution. That's what I did. And so you start to point that out. And I said, you know, better that we, you understand it. Like back to your questionnaire on on my favorite customer. This was him, right? This would be my favorite where you can have an educated, articulate conversation about the, and the realistic expectations about life, right? And receiving a letter that's, you know, that resonates with you at the time of distress. So get into that, you know, he did 15,000, you know, vanilla type of mailers. It was maybe high equity or maybe someone with absent owner or something, but it wasn't anything that was speaking the language of their pain at that moment. There was no empathetic, compassionate perspective. 
um, the piece he used wasn't, it was relevant in the, in the, in the terminology that we'd use to someone that has a house, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't relative to the fact that, geez, he's in distress or he's at a tax lien situation or probate, or he's got some real pain going on. That's real life. And he's, he's, he doesn't give a crap about the things that he got in his mail. He's just going, you know, but, but if something lands, at the time that he is willing to receive it, right? It has to happen then. It can't happen the day before. It has to happen at that moment in time that he's interested in receiving it. He opens it up and he reads a heartfelt, compassionate, empathetic empathetic um, perspective on how this person can help this house homeowner otherwise with their situation. But that content has to be relative and specific and timely um, and get past the gatekeeper to look not spammy, you know? And so now, you know, obviously you, you hit a nerve, right? So for me, th this is me just saying, okay, how do we, how do we engage into all those elements of opportunity into one piece of mail that he gets it in a timely, you know, uh, fashion that speaks his language, that's relative to that person that's emotionally connected and personal to that person. Right. So that's my challenge. Right. And so if out you of, look at, yeah, sorry, Sean, I just say out of all of them, right. Like, so, you know, you get the, the quality of the piece itself, right. The, is it printed? Is it glossy? All, you know, like we can get down to the mail stuff, right. There's the, the list that you use, right. And then there's the message that you send and, yeah. you know, I'm in the list business, right. You're in the print business, uh, would you agree that really the most important of the three is the message and probably the hardest? I mean, what we do is important. I'm not saying it isn't, but that message piece to your what you were just talking about is the one where I see more mistakes made than anywhere else. Um, the message is, 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 is everything that I talk about in my, my authentic relationship and empathetic perspective on human-to-human -human interaction. Right. So if it doesn't resonate with you at that moment and you're not speaking the language of the challenges of that person, then it doesn't have to be in the challenges of that person in reference to real estate. But in anything that you're marketing or communicating, especially through, you know, direct mail marketing, right? And when you're or direct response marketing, right? So that message has to be clear. And I, you know, going back to those guys, Dan Kennedy, I, I mention them a lot because, you know, you know, 20, 20 ish years ago, I started listening to them and they're, they, you know, they introduced me to that authentic relationship, you know, kind of conversation. And they did yellow, you know, yellow letters on handwritten things. And, you know, and since then, of course, I think that's a bit saturated and there's lots of reasons for that, you know, and it doesn't have to be yellow line paper. It just has to be authentic. <laughs> I mean, you, that's the thing I got over with people. I'm like, I, I use this example a lot. I'm like, look, I get a lot of seeds and then I just get seeds all the time. So I get these things and I open them up and I look at it and I see how people are marketing and I've never seen it before. And I just look at it and I, I, I give them a rating, you know, because it's a DIY system. You know, we, you, you get in and you can make your own stuff. What font did you use? What color did you use? And I right. look at it and it's like, so here's this one. Well, that's, I mean, pretty basic, right? So it's pretty basic. So here's the challenge, right? So these people saying, I want a yellow line paper. It's like, wait, you don't even know it's yellow until you opened it. And if it doesn't look like it's openable because it was sent from your aunt Sue and it, you know, looks like spam, how do you know it's yellow line? And then what's, what's that differentiator that's going to make them open it versus this one, 
this guy right. gets as you know as much of a good grade as the guy with the yellow line paper. So then it leads you to, you know, kind of like you know how, uh, the leadership and the marketing people that are speaking the language of, you know, you should sell you know send out yellow line paper. It's like, you know, what what the reality is a a good coach or mentor, or someone you work with, or an agency or something is going to teach you the the values of authentic voice, like you said, right? So. But back to what you're saying, yes, the voice has to be, you know, resonate with them in a timely fashion. The data is so key, though, and you you can't disregard the you're in data, and I'm in mail, but you're it starts with data, right? And so if you're picking data that's not, you know, not relative to the situation you're trying to go for, and it doesn't speak the same correspond with the language you're speaking, then it's going to be a miss miss, right? So, yes, data, data. We launched a feature called Insights that so you build a list, you know, vacant, absentee owner, foreclosure, whatever it is, right? You build your list. We give you dozens of data points about that list. Like how old are they on average, right? What education level do they have? What's their income level? What kind of house is it, right? Because the key there is to use that data to to come up with a message that's more relevant to to the person. and. you know, I think that's that's really uh, key, and and oh, you know, sure. it's something you don't see very very often in a lot of these pieces. And you know, to your point, the guy sending the thing, and it just doesn't that's, land. I would say, uh, you know, so I've learned long ago, right? So we started out printing uh, twenty years ago. We built this print on demand stuff, and so um, it was not soon after that we realized the, how important the data data is, right? So, and, um, we realized that, I mean, we used to license it out to title companies and they give it out to agencies and stuff like that. But, you know, agents, 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 moreover was where we started out. Um, one in anybody in a neighborhood or every door direct mail. And it was like, can I do email? I mean, then it gets off. But so the point was, it's like, there was no understanding of the value of data. There wasn't, it didn't resonate with agents specifically because that's where we started out. It was really the investor world, what we started out with in 2005-ish with Dean Graciosi and their understanding of data and the importance of data. So then when you get into breaking it down, what's that? I still get more every door direct mail than I get targeted mail from agents. And is it because of convenience? Is it because, I mean, I always say like, okay, I, I'm telling you what, that guy there and my, na- my neighbor here and I are worlds apart, worlds apart. So if you hit me with the same message as that guy, it's not going to resonate with one of us, depends on what you do. And it also comes down to, was it handwritten or was it graphic looking or was it typeset or was it red ink or blue ink? he's going to read something. I know how he is differently than I am, right? We're just two different people. (laughs) So if you send that same message to the same people in that neighborhood, it's probably going to fall short. But one of the powers, like you said, with the insights is that if you could look at the, uh, you know, the elements associated with the general populace from a data set, like you're suggesting on insights, that gives you that extra ability to better understand the people that are receiving your mail. So if you could speak to that more specifically, because look, we're all egotistic, you know, we all like to see our name, right? But then if it resonates with us specifically, that's just that, that's going to be that moment of, oh, you know, you hear it in speeches and you hear, yeah, he spoke to me, you know what I mean? And that's what you're trying to do. And you can do that with data. And then you, well, and then you can make it, you can automate it and you can use dynamic data and the fun stuff, right? But how do you do that? That's the magic, 
you know, and that, listen, 20 years, I've been trying to get to a point of understanding data, telling agents that you need to do more than just sending out the next, everybody in a neighborhood, because you think that we're all the same. We're not, we're uniquely just different. Just sold. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly that. So um, data therapy so what, do you end up doing for people who call? Do they, are you blowing their mind? Cause you're saying, Hey, you know, you don't have to send to everybody. How about we just send to owner occupants in the neighborhood or absentee, uh, do they even know what's possible? Uh, my conversation when when I do have them with people that ask and and then are willing to listen to me, um, it starts out in a at same thing. You have to start out at that big level. It's like you know, generally speaking, now because of all, you know what we can do with automation and dynamic data and really you know understanding the data and doing specific things at a smaller level, like one. It's a lot different than the conversations I've had in the past, right? So think, go big printing, go big, right? So bulk mail, give me 10,000, give me 100,000, right? Just do absent, never mind absentee owners, just do high equity or don't even do total high equity, right? And I'm not saying that, I'm being, I'm, I'm driving, I'm being facetious to drive a point. Point being, in the days of, and even going back to you in foreclosure days, right? So you you focused on that and that was a very niche specific or a world that you could help and assist in that. But then through those years after, you know, you look at like the saturation level of investors, especially there, but they would come in and say, what should I do? And it's like, well, just get absentee owner high equity list. There you go. You know, hit 10,000 people split, you know, split mail and send it out once every, you know, once a month, at least whatever the same piece, but just divide it up and send it out. That's fine. That's a good budget. Go for that. Use that 1% methodology that I was saying, but then it becomes a little bit more like my conscious is saying, wait a second, don't, don't give me 20,000 because then the responsibility and onus is on me to have a performance, regardless of what you send or the data you you pick. I feel like, God, this guy, he's trying to supply you know, food and mortgage for his family. What can I possibly do to drive him the right direction so that he's not going to, it's not going to fall short and then sell me short. And he's not going to come back and say, I had 10 people open. And it was like, and then I'm miserable. So back to your back to your question, what do I do? Well, now I say, look, take that list of of whatever a thousand, and give me a list of two hundred. I'd rather have two hundred or a hundred that are really focused on what you're trying to say. You know, don't give me that that fifty thousand. I'll take it, and we'll do it through bulk mail. And we do have some you know cool stuff with Google Street View and stuff, and tons of people do it. And they the, it hit, it's a good tire kicker, and people call up. But but hone in on that list. You know, stack that list into a tight list. Speak the language to the people. So I, I kind of got off. Uh, I got off. Yeah, no, sorry, I think it's Gary, great. I, mean, I would use the term uh, segmenting, right? So, like, even yeah. if you're going to take that uh, that owner occupied list, right? So rather than looking at that, now look at that list and go, oh, you know what? We've got a big contingent of, you know, single. Uh, female owners, right? The message we're probably going to send to them is maybe different than, you know, to the other group, or we've got some that have hundred percent equity and other just have a little equity. Like they have different needs. Exactly. And, and so taking that big list, okay, we're going to do absentee owners, but take a little bit extra time and break that into five lists and with more targeted message. And you're going to differentiate yourself a lot from the competition who's sending to every owner, you know, absentee owner. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, um, anyway, and actually when you say that segue or something, I, I do, it obviously it resonates with me because if you, you know, if you, in the evolution of, 
an entrepreneurial type of company and a tech forward type of driver, me, you go back into our early days of direct mail. And it was like, just the fact that you could edit a document online in 1999 was fantastic. Right. You know, the fact that you could send, you know, something to, to a type person. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really it was that when for me, right. So as a, as a creative, creative director at that moment, there's eight of us in a room and they're like, well, how do we visualize this tool, this print on demand tool that people can do? I'm like, Oh my God, let's give them, they can create text boxes and they can create image boxes and they can put it there and they can change what it says. And the evolution of, of understanding what people's demands are in technology and time. So you realize you soon realize that if you give them too many tools or too many opportunities within that postcard or letter, even though you're pre-writing it, they're going to spend time. Well, it should be blue. No, it should be red. Should I make it green? Mary, should I underline this one? And it's like, wait a sec. Oh, I got to get lunch. The kids, I got to pick them up. I'll finish later. And so they spend more time trying to do it. Our evolution has been like, okay. Okay, so we give them a great tool that they can customize and edit. Let's just let's let's now lock down some things so they can't change everything. But if you want to change what it says, don't change the font. We've already dictated that this should be bold. Don't make it curlies and thin. <laughs> Keep it bold. Should be bold. And then you go, okay, lock that down. But if they want to change something, they can. And then the evolution of time became, wait a second. Let's get a guru, a coach, a guy who's really doing this that has to sell it to other people that make money living and living doing it. Let's take his, his copy, you know, written material and then give it to his audience, Dean Graciosi, right? And it was one of the first guys that said, look, I've already got the copy, right? It's just, it was Word docs and things like that. But we were designers and tech forward thinking. It's like, oh, let's take your documents that were PowerPoints and Word docs and whatever and convert them to an editable thing online, but lock down certain areas. And that led us to, okay, now we've got knowledge, copy, you know, copywriting and knowledge of what works and call to actions from this other company, or I mean, other guru type of guy. And then we can, can put it into the confounds of a uh, document, a letter or postcard that they can add and customize if they felt like it, right? And it included the personalization and stuff. But then you, you locked it down. Now there's a win-win. They're not going to spend a long time doing it. You're giving them pre-created content that they can edit if they want to, but they're not going to change the substance of what it should look like or feel like. So that was the evolution of time. And then it became, and then as time grows, you know, I'm telling you, this is now, and we'll kind of talk about the automation and, and data and then driving data to those, you know, specific audiences. But so imagine the bulk mail and lots of customization to wait, tighten it up a little bit give them something that's already done so they don't have to think about it because they don't know. And then through time and evolution, people start to go, wait a minute, I'm too busy. Can I push it? You know, I got to do it on my phone. I'm too busy. doesn't happen. You know, it's like I knew or sensed it or felt it early on to print one. I wanted to do that forever. And so only about two and a half years ago, we, we started building the ability to print that one. And then it was like during that course of uh, evolution now, you know, we're at the 15th, 16th year of being in mail. It was like, well, we can print one now. Now, how can we drive that one, right? Are we going to force a user to drive one? We can. There's lots of ways they can do it. Hang but, on one second. I just, sure. I, I just want to like point out what a big deal this is, right? Because you're talking about, oh, print one, right? Like, I, you're but, thank you, Sean, but, by the way. But, you know, like, I don't think people realize like right. there really aren't any other services like yours, like, you know, I know one or two, but, you know, 
99.9% of the direct mail houses out there aren't going to do anything for you without a quantity of 100, 500, 1,000, right? Yeah. And, you know, we've worked really hard to like have alerts and stuff to let people know about individual new opportunities. But what do you do to automate that? Like you got to handwrite a letter because there hasn't been services. And, you know, you guys recently launched that. And I think it's a really big deal. And um, so when you're talking about print one, I just want to say like, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Super glad you guys have brought that to market. I was going to actually back up and say, can we, can we define real quick? Cause I think people still don't know what variable printing is and then what on demand means. <laughs> oh man. So for, well, first I had to say, thanks Sean for pausing me. My wife would do this. We learned it a long time ago. We, we, she's like, <laughs> Someone said at a time, I mean, we did, we, we ran another business long ago together and someone suggested that when one person over talks the other person, they just do a gentle one of these and they hold it at their side and that the other person should acknowledge just pause and shh for quick. So thank you. That's, that's you doing this for me because what happens is this, like, like you would know too, I've wanted to print one forever. And we're talking, you know, how you can uh, do uh, impositioning back then. You know, we're talking 2001. And we could do it tech-wise, but we didn't do it. It was that, what is what, what has to happen to make that happen? Is there enough call to understanding and, it, you know, do people want to do it? So, yes. It's really difficult. None of the pre-press systems, none of the no. systems that they sell out there to printers, none of them do this by default. Because you got to right. take one piece from this customer, one piece from this customer, because you're still running a printer at thousands of pieces at a time. You're not going right. and running one piece. So, right. to make that all work is is technically difficult. It's 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 exceptionally difficult. Also, right, exactly like you said. So there's one thing to be able to drive that type of t- product or a postcard to a printer that can print one that the printer can remain in business, right? right. Then there is the pre-sorting and the costs associated with it, and then the everything you can imagine. But that's exactly what it is, and it is that 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 positioning or impositioning of these things to get as many as you can on a sheet of paper. Because in the digital world, right? So you're printing on what depends on the you know, Ricos or otherwise, but 25 by 12 inch pieces of paper. So how many can you get up so that at the end of the you know at your cost to print one. Does, you know, can you stay in business? That's, it is magical, right? And so one thing that I've kind of figured out though, is that so far, you, I mean, even stemming back to early, early days when, you know, a programmer would walk in and it was just 24 or something and you'd start saying, well, we needed to be able to do these kinds of things. And they, they do a mock-up or something and they come back and then they'd accomplish the goal that you asked them for. It was like, I've been teased with the, the super talented talents of people from the get-go that now, I am, I'm so enamored by it. I mean, it still blows me away, but the fact is there's almost anything we ask to do, they're doing. And it's like, you can say things and, and they knock it out. The ability to print one is huge and it's opened up a, a wide, wide world for us as a company. And back to, to case in point, printing postcards is one thing. Printing letters and then double-sided letters and then letters with you know writing on the front of the envelope to one person you know, even first class for 76 cents. I mean, that's that, that's the one part that really gets the agent side of our um, company gets really, they're like, are you kidding with this new API and one-offs? It's like, that's how you can do it because you're saving on quality checks and controls and you're saving on um, job tickets and, you know, QC and things like that. It's an API. As soon as you hit it, 
it's like an email. It just goes, it's, it's goes and it's meshed with everything. But so thanks for the pause there, but it having surpassed that, right. So now yeah. we have the ability to print one. And then back to what you said, Aaron, too, with you, you asked about variable printing. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, Cause I know you were at the forefront of that and some people don't right. know what that term means even. So uh, see, you know, that's just knowing too much, right? So um, actually, honestly, when we we merged with a company called Impact in 2011, we came with, with lots of variables. So we could map out variables is a mail merge, you know, or a term. So data, data from your profile and or the person receiving the information is data. That data through mail merge can be applied to that document that you send to the printer, such as Dear Mark, like Dear Mary. It is personalization. Personalization. personalization, right? Each each piece has things that are personal to that person, their address, their name, you know, their lender, whatever it is that it's personalized to to be more relevant. That's exactly it. Ed McMahon, right? You, you know, publishers, clearinghouse giveaway, you, you know, Sean, you may have won $500,000. So that, you know, but here's the thing. So that, that stuff is that variable data personalization has been going on for so long. But then how do you give it to just a guy off the street that wants to order something online? Like right now you can go into go big and you can move the variables around and you can personalize it any way you want. You can throw in the property you want to buy, the city you want to buy, all that good stuff, right? It's all veil- it's all there now, right? So anyway, the, the variable data, the mail merge, the personalization is all on a piece of paper, you know, whether it's a letter or a postcard or otherwise, yes. So then it becomes like, well, how can we take this ability to print one, add the personalization, give the user the ability to customize it, keep it cost effective. And then like back to the uh, kind of what I was talking about where you try, I try to do all I can to assist people with having successful marketing. So the, the, you know, the ownage is on me or it's like, I don't want to say, just send me 50,000. I want to say, wait, let's send 50. Let's send 50, but hit them five times. Let's send 50 and hit them five times because we know response rates go up exponentially the more you hit them. And then we know time and circumstances change all things. So it has to be relevant, timely, and get there when they want to receive it. And then how can that data speak exactly the language that you're trying to communicate on that piece of paper? You know, So they open it at the time they want it to. So, so all the magic starts to happen. Then you start to go, well, what are the additional functions that we can provide to have that home run, right? Is it uh, graphic? Is it handwritten? Is it authentic and real? Is it spammy? All those things, right? And then you start thinking about the dynamics of people and how uniquely different we all are. And so how can I, how can I do a mailer? Let's say we're, we're, we're similar in our home value. We're similar in our equity. We're similar in our age, you know, and it's like all those things. So probably he might get the same mailer as I would. But then it becomes, if he got something that might be handwritten or something, he's probably, maybe it's going to resonate with him, but I don't know. Maybe he's just not going to be receptive to it. His sensory emotions are not going to be connected to what I'm saying because of what it looks like, because we're judgmental, right? We are. And it's like, he picks it up. He's like, this is trash. Like, why do yellow bandit signs work in the South, right? Why do, you know, handwritten letters work here? Why doesn't it work there? So then you start to go, wait a second. I got that yellow letter at the same time he did, but I'm responsive to it. That's great. Oh, wow. This guy can help me. This sound, this guy sounds like he speaks from the heart. He's sharing with me what's in his tool belt about his ability to assist me. He's got a, you know, hammer and I need a hammer at that time. You know, whatever it is, I'm just using, you know, not a hammer. Yeah. So, but then, then a week, a month passes, right? 
that guy never looked at that letter because yeah, he's that guy. And a month passed, I was already responding to that letter because I was responsive to it, but maybe I didn't do anything. And a month passes and I can get something else. I don't know if it's graphic now or it has a different, I mean, I don't know. Who knows people, right? But it might be that we have this really cool, you know, smooth, silky apple finish on our card stocks. Maybe that's what got them. That almost seems like a sales plug right there, right? Full color, full bleed, personalization. And I, sorry, that wasn't a, that wasn't a senseless plug, but the fact is this, it's true. It's super true. I'm re, I'm not, I'll share with you an example in that in a second. But so a month passes. He didn't respond to the first one. He got the second one and he held it for that second. Maybe it was the texture of the paper. Maybe that it was looked like it was written from Aunt, Aunt Sue. Maybe it was graphic. I don't know. But now what you've done is you increased your ability to get him to respond just for the same effort of doing bulk mail. Now you've hit him you know, with two things. Now let's just, I mean, I get labor on this thing and I don't want to bore you, but just say, you know, whatever, he didn't respond to it. But the third time something happened in his life that made that difference that he responded to that third touch, right? And that was just because in the same sequence of events of me pushing that one button, he received those three to five to seven things and it happened to be on the third one he answered on it, right? So that leads us into like, your, you know, data and automation, um, the evolution of direct mail and, and direct response marketing, right? So, you know, I, I told you how we started and uh, it was like bulk mail and then personalization and the customizing it, making it tighter and tighter and tighter. And I think eventually now it's all the way down to one, one letter that really resonates with that person, you know? And so even to like, and just actually Sean, to, to, to benefit both of us actually for being forward thinking in this, I think we sensed it coming. I think we tried so hard yeah. to get it to wrap into, into, you know, property radar at the time, you know, but however we got there, where we're at now and you can accomplish the goals, I think that, you know, with automation and dynamic data, and we could talk more specifically about that now. I think it's a good segue to do that. Um, not to take over Aaron asking oh, no, me please. things, but that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> can't stop. Can't stop me. You gave me the podium. So I just, <laughs> it's my, it, it's my passion, I'm, you know. So, but yeah, no, we, we've, we've done a unique, uh, unique thing there, right? Because we've, we've, I, you know, a hundred percent aligned with you, and we kind of found each other after, and we're like, mm-hmm. like I'm doing this, and you're like, oh my god, I want to do this, and it was like, yes. yeah, it was a chocolate and peanut butter moment, exactly uh, that, because uh, you know, I've long felt these kind of triggered events. I mean, back to the foreclosures, right? It, you know, there's new notices every day, but it's one or it's five or it's 10. Right. And you want to get that, that piece off and start that campaign. And then there's five more tomorrow. And there's five, you know, rather than waiting for a whole month till you have 500, right. It's nice to like, just have this and have it automatically go in the back end. So you don't have to go run an export, you know, put all the thing together, send it over, get, right. Get your, the piece back for approval. And then, you know, it's like two weeks later, you finally sent your piece and, you know, it's just like, this is terrible. And um, so we built on our side, we, we, we built this system where we can send out these new things as soon as they happen, right. One at a time uh, through an interface called Zapier. And you guys fortunately also said, Hey, we're building a system where we can print things one at a time through an interface called Zapier. And, Mm -hmm you know, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool marriage. So Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, I mean, uh, 
you know, like my wife would always say, it's like, it, it's all, it's all timing. It's all meant to happen when it's supposed to happen. Um, when we, I mean, through the process of me trying to figure out the best thing I can do for my customers. And really at the end of the day, I'm solving the challenges that people are bringing to me. And I'm, I'm trying to make it in a way that's going to be, have the good results that we want to have happen, but also get them off my back. Right. So don't, don't ask me those questions twice because I'm giving you a solution that answers it for you. Right. And if I get enough people saying, I want to make my own postcard, or I want to make my own letter. I don't like what you wrote. I can write it better. Um, I can solve that challenge now with them being able to build whatever they want in our builder. And then they say, wait a minute, what's your minimum? Look, I got 85. Can I print it? No, nah, you got to do a hundred. Go to, I mean, I sound like I'm downplaying go big, but it's like, no, you got to do a hundred over here, which is perfectly fine. Do your hundred, right? And people do, right? But now it's like, wait a second. The challenges of what's your best mailer? How often should I send it? Um, should I do text? I heard email is a good thing. What's ringless voicemail, right? This guy's selling this system. This guy does everything. This is the best data. I've heard this data and I've seen it all. And I've been around probably longer than most, right? So you knew, right? So 20 years in this space, at least in marketing, 25 or almost 30. So then you start to go, wait, okay, how can I solve these challenges in an automation function? And so it was like, I always, well, at one point I realized, once I realized you can't just be a printing island, I need data, right? And so then you start to think about, okay, how I incorporate data and then speak the language of data that people would like. And then you, and then it was you. And actually it wasn't really you as much as it was a couple other friends of mine that used you guys, right? right. Some of so, our customers, mutual customers. Mutual customers. And they're like, okay, so here's the scenario. They understood data. They, were, they did agency stuff, agent stuff, residential stuff, flipping and buying selling. And then what they do is they would get, they would put in their, they create their lists, property radar, they, they create their specific lists. And in this case, it was, I don't know if it was divorce, it was, um, or it was, but getting to it, it was, I think it was women. He could, he's isolated that, that um, had a certain, whatever it was. Now I'm forgetting the filter set, but here's yeah. what would happen. He would get a text message from you guys, or it was an email. And he had set it up and he's getting these things. Oh, here's another one. Oh, you know, he'd brag about it. He's like, I got another one. Ding, ding. And he's like, I got another one. And throughout the day, oh, I got three more. And I'm thinking, okay, so we're at a conference actually when this originally kind of started. And it was it was a little bit like, that's great. And then what? But time, time passed. Anyway, so he gathered these 10 or 11 dings that he got in a day, give it to his acquisitions gal. She put it together and then do some manual efforts to get in touch with that person in this, you know, in a, in, to expedite it as fast as possible. Then what would happen is he'd set up different things. So now he has several different farm lists or otherwise he's getting 10 from here and six from there and nine from there. So eventually he was hitting his hundred mark. So he'd gather them in the week, submit his mailing and then do a mailing through us. And it was like, right. that was that aha moment. That was like, wait, a bunch of work for him to do that. So much work, but he was so happy about it. So that you can't discount either. You handed him what he asked to receive. And it was like, so he was getting exactly what he asked. And you gave him that through, you know, through your, through automation and through a notice. It was an email and it said, Hey, here's this person that fell into the situation you're in. So then it became like, okay, so how can we take that? That, that, that information that he's captured at that moment and then automatically send him whatever correspondence he wants to send him, you know? And so that was, I mean, it was really 
I mean, we're, we're, you know, 20 years in the making, but really is, it was really when we started the ability to print one that was like, the wheels are like, what now, what now? And never mind just printing yeah. one. Yeah, I'm past that. I'm moving on. Yeah, you can customize your own letter and postcard. I'm way past that. Now I'm like, create a, a, an assemblance of, of data of uh, direct mail components specific to your office or whatever it is, whether you're an agent or you're a bunch of investors. Admin, create your own assets within this environment that speak the language of what you as a company want to um, communicate. Put that to, you know, make it available. Now your people can have access to that. Now that those people have access to that direct, those marketing materials, tie it in with property radar, set up your filter sets for each person so that it goes out automatically for that person on behalf of that agent within that office. And that becomes like, okay, now, now I'm hands-free. I you got know, a machine. It's now I have a machine. Right. And it, it really took the data and it takes, you know, this Zapier thing. It's like a bridge between this and that. If you don't know what it is, you have to look it up, but eventually you'll, you'll see that it's, it's connecting this thing with this thing. And then in our world, we're talking, you know, property radar is talking to print genie and you're saying, look, when, when, you know, your data, I love that you say it, but are my data is listening. And at night when this happens and this person fell in this situation, Zapier is listening and it says, okay, cool. I got that. I'm sending it to Print Genie and Print Genie says, got it and sends it out. Magically happens. Just like, oh, it is. You just sleep and wait for the phone call. (laughs) I love it. It it is like, uh, you know, we're getting close to the the end here. And I think one of the other things. I never even looked up, Sean, sorry. Yeah, I know. One of the other things that's, you know, that uh, you've put a lot of time and energy over the years into into building templates. You've worked with the Dan Kennedys and 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 a lot of these different folks out there in creating good pieces and creating good messages. And you touched a little bit on that earlier, but I'd like to just dive into that. You talked a lot about empathy. You know, um, one of the things that I always tell people is like, you know, they got a postcard and what they want to do is they want to like, okay, I'm going to send, I'm going to spend 50 cents, right? And I'm going to send a thousand of these. It's $500. I'm going to get every thought I ever had onto this card because, you know, if I've got to pay for this to deliver this, I'm going to get everything on there, right? Right. Um, Let's just talk about like, you know, what you've learned from those guys, what you've learned over the business, like what makes up a good message, is less more is more or less like you know whatever right like sure sure I spent a little spin of time on that before we wrap up sure and I didn't even look at the time you know I, I think this is my passion I can t- I know it's yours but it's well, you like, and I could talk about this all day every day <laughs> I know and it's like you know it's like oh man I didn't know we had just a few minutes left but so let me um, so speaking of that right and so what I've discovered. What I've discovered, and Dan Kennedy and Joe Polish, Joe Polish is a, a student of Dan Kennedy, and these guys speak the language, and they they sincerely, people pay them a lot of money to on coaching and training and how to, what's the best marketing, you know, you know, conversation. And I picked up a lot from them, and it was that it didn't, a lot of their marketing didn't include photos or images, it included text and verbiage and copywriting. 
And a lot of it had to do with um, the message you're trying to relay to somebody, right? And so in the investor world, I've learned, man, agents really need to listen to investors a little bit more. They do speak the language in some sense the right way. I'm here to help you. I'm here to assist you. Um, I can take this challenge off your hands. I'm here to whatever those things are, right? And then on the other side, I think investors should listen to agents at some level as well. And I think that we're kind of seeing a cross-pollination of, of agents realizing that investors aren't going away, investors knowing that they need agents, right? And so in this language uh, you know, that you try to speak to somebody and feeling like, well, I got to put everything on this. I, I spent 50 cents and I, I, want it to, I want it all to work. I want this one hit wonder. I'm less, at least now I am, I'm less uh, concerned with what you say than what you say from the heart. So, and it, do, it shouldn't, doesn't have to be long and lengthy. I mean, my whole adage is like, you're, it's like a billboard, right? You're driving down the freeway. This is how fast you're looking at your mail, right? So what can right. stand out at least resonate with you at some level. Don't look spammy, look authentic and real, but then speak from the heart. So a lot of our messaging is that, right? And it's not necessarily, I'll pay cash, I'll close your house. It's not a billboard. We try to say, look, I'm a guy, I'm local in the area. And we do this for our agents as well. We'll say, I'm, I've been in the area a long time. Um, so you're, st- you're establishing validation, right? I'm here to help and assist you in any circumstance. I've got the tools and the bandwidth to help and assist you in whatever challenges you are. And whether you're an investor, an agent, a solar guy, a roofer, it doesn't matter. It's like we're all different people running our lives at 100 miles an hour. But if you could slow down and communicate your message in, in an authentic voice, I think it's going to resonate and be receptive to the people receiving it. But the data's got to be right, right? So if you're speaking the right language, it can all co, you know, co-align very nicely. If I answer that question for you, but. Yeah. Authentic. Did you ever read uh, David Ogilvy at all? I, I loved his tested advertising methods and Ogilvy on advertising. Those two books, I think, are two of the classics, but he was really all about testing, right? And and so they would do these huge tests and like reverse text, you know, it's white text on a dark background, right? Is 20% less remembered than black text on a white background, right? Like, right. And just they would go through all this uh, serif font versus a sans serif font, right? In right. small text, you're better off using a serif font. That's ones that has the little, you know, cute curly cues on the ends and uh-huh. stuff, right? In small small type, the serif fonts are better and big type, right? The sans serif tends to be better. Like you guys get down to that level and, you know, and, and do you see that? And are people paying attention? Um, not to that level. No. Um, but yeah. people like, like, well, you know, like what you just said here, right? Why does this work? Right. Why does that work? And I'll tell yeah. you, this is kind of, you know, it's kind of weird, but you know, see, I have this thing here. This is kind of handwritten-ish, you know, and then, I mean, I've just got so many things. This is more typeset. I have- um, Just taking out of my of, office. <laughs> it's just right there. I mean, well, I get I get seeds. Like the girls will always seed me and things that go through. But so here's the thing. This is what's kind of weird. It's like, it, it's all dependent, right? So some people are receptive to this. It's just bold. Some people want to see more, you know, script stuff. This is a, you know, a typical one. Some people like, well, for me, uh, this one here, I don't know where it is, more of a handwritten font. And it had to me, well, I'm just throwing it out there. So it was more like this kind of thing, right? So what happens is you start to go, why, why does this work for some people and this work for other people? And then a handwritten letter or a type letter work for other people. 
And then you can start to get into the dialogue of, wait a second, why does that bandit sign work? Why would you buy a bandit sign? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not receptive to it. I see it and I think, oh my God, not doing it, but it works. Right. Like all the, all that plastic trash, it ends nope. up getting blown around. Now it's you're just talking, yeah, now you're talking a different story also. But in reference to the, you know, how you're, how you're receptive to it, this guy gave a great speech on why yellow bandit signs work. Why did this thing work versus whatever? And then now I'm a little bit more receptive. Maybe I'm older and I like, you know, I like, oh, I saw it easier, quicker. So that kind of lends its story to, to what, at least what I do with Prancini is I try to say that if you're sending out a sequence of seven, your response rates go up, but don't just send everything that looks like that. That would be the big mistake, right? So you, you change it each time because you really don't, you know, these people because of the data, but then you don't know the receptors of who they are as a person. So what you try to do is you say, in my best opportunity for success, I'll send something out at least five, six times. That seven is the magic number. I'll mix it up. Yeah, and, and, and different formats. One comes from Aunt Sue in a handwritten letter. One looks like it comes like that. One looks like it came in a six by nine. One's a jumbo. And then, you know, maybe one is a, you know, more of a, a graphic card that's a mini. So. Do, can I focus on sans serif versus serif versus bold versus whatever? What I generally do, at least in my perception of as, as a designer in the first place, is I use my instinct top to bottom. Will I be receptive to this thing at some level? And so, like, if I have this ebook and it kind of summarizes what I've learned, and maybe you could share it at some point, but from yeah. my perspective, if people could just stop for one second and think about, how can I communicate to this person with an authentic voice, right? Using my instinct of what I believe would be beneficial to me or that person. And then at least share it that way. Now you're, you're, you're off to the races with the right adage of, you know, communication tools, right? That's the best way. And so sometimes I say to people like, don't get so in the, you know, weeds about, is it this way or is it that way? You know, you don't know. So hit it many times with a general understanding of a common sense or instinctive guide of what resonates with you as a person and then do your communication, you know, and that's kind of like, that'd be my kind of my point of interest there. So, yeah, but design and font sizes and graph, well, I'm a graphic designer. So, yeah, I look at that from my perspective and yes, I do take that into consideration. So any um, trend or anything you're looking forward to in 2021 that should be on our radar? A trend, well, my, yes, it would be fill out a form of these six or eight, uh, I don't know, call them, let's just use the investor or the agent space, whether it's next sellers or motivated sellers or distressed or whatever it is, the trend is going to be picked from a list of a, a data list that's pre-picked for you, that co-lines with a direct mail communication, that hits them with online and offline strategies at night while you're sleeping. So my, you know, my, my, that's me, that's my mission, right? So we've, we've started to, to taste it. We have people with good responses from it. You know, my buddy who was getting the text emails and, or he was getting emails from, you know, from you guys. Now it's through automation and it runs. That's, that's the move, you know, and, and I, I've said this to my partners. I'm like, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like I've been a little forward thinking on a lot of tech but I'm so grateful that at least this print-on-demand automation dynamic data 
resonated with me at the point when it did. Actually, I have to give a little bit of kudos to Deluxe. They said, what do you want when they they did um, an acquisition a couple of years ago? They're like, what do you want? I said, I want to print one. It's going to be a million bucks. Do it. Make it happen. And that was, uh, I really owe it to them for that. And because of that, it gives me the world, right? It just said, and then, you know, you, Sean, is like, it, it gave you the, op, you know, we both need each other. I think it, yeah. peanut butter and jelly, but um, oh, I hope I answered that for you, Aaron. Yeah. Reese's guy, peanut butter and chocolate. Peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> peanut butter and Actually, jelly. peanut butter and jelly is great too. Peanut butter and honey. Uh, yeah, pretty much all of that. Marshmallow. It's good. It's good. It's, good. <laughs> it's a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how, how should they go about to anybody listening? How should they go about finding you today? I think they can investigate on property radar. Um, and you'll see us in the uh, integration section. Yeah. Um, certainly. And so bigprinting.com is uh, for people who want to mail a list for people who are really interested in this automation and individual piece, print genie. Yeah. Um, and it's print genie dot. It's not dot com. It's dot print genie dot IO. Exactly. Web application. Okay. I will leave all the links and to your ebook as well, which I read yesterday. It was fantastic and is very fast and easy read with tons of great information. I'll put that in the show notes in the community. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you guys. I'm so glad we get to connect. This is great. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. You can find show notes and links to some of the resources mentioned in the show at datadrivenrealestate.com. Click that, join the community, and you'll be forwarded to the Property Radar community where you can ask questions about the current show and even see upcoming guests and ask questions there. We'd love to engage with you in the community, so check it out. Please don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform where you're listening to the show. It helps us out a great deal. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.